Welcome back to Ready Comic Troll, and if you enjoy what you're hearing, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Show me your moves! I'm John. You wanna live, pal? You better don't hold back. I'm Mike. It's time for you to go home and be a family man. I'm Anthony. And joining this episode is our special guest. When there's the will, there's the way. I'm Will. And with our call signs, I think it's pretty obvious what the theme of this episode's gonna be. That's right, fighting games and the fighting game community. And that's exactly the reason why we wanted Will to join us today, because he's been a major part of the fighting game community and has also run quite a few events down here in South Florida. You know, I started competing in uh, the arcades, um, like around 2000, competed in tournaments, did successful, and then used my success to run tournaments like places like Vortex and Fun Depot and everywhere else in South Florida. And I've been doing that for over a decade, and then I took some time off 2014. I came back in 2017, won some more tournaments, and I'm still I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually where uh, Will and I met was at the Vortex. He was holding a Naruto uh, kind of event there, and that's where, I, where one of my mains that I was using was Kisame. And that's where I actually learned a lot about the sweet science of fighting games. It's more than just simply just mashing buttons half the time. There's intricacies such as uh, invulnerability frames, knowing the proper timing, knowing certain combos, what moves combo and other moves, and so on. It's actually very interesting how that works out. Well, the last time I played competitively was back when uh, Guilty Gear X2 came out, I think. And I, the only thing I remember is just Getting into everything with Soul Bad Guy. Getting into everything with that game in and of itself. Back then, it was so hard to find a good 2D fighter that wasn't in that realm of switching to 3D. Like, Street Fighter was switching to 3D. Mortal Kombat had been 3D for, at that point, like, three games. And I was always more of a fan of the 2D fighter. That's why I'm so happy about Dragon Ball Fighters. And I think the one thing about Dragon Ball Fighters is it's kind of the dream come true. Sure, we had Xenoverse and Xenoverse 2, but that's not really a true fighting game when you think about it. I know some people in comments will probably be a little hurt by that statement. Well, those, those were more built on the, the aspect of a, a massively multiplayer Dragon Ball game, more like Dragon Ball Online than a fighting game. Budokai was the last time we had a real fighting game from Dragon Ball. Um, but the thing is, is it didn't have the same fundamental like gameplay that a fighter game does like a fighting game does it didn't have the you know uniform characters the 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 way that you could counter certain play with certain characters the you know low kick chun li wrecking everybody for days until you play e honda and then just punch her in the face it 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 didn't have that. It didn't have a counterplay system to certain characters. So Budokai never became a competitive fighting game. Um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, being made by the same people that made Guilty Gear, is going to give us that Dragon Ball aesthetic with something that can probably be played competitively and will more than likely be played competitively. I think what you're really looking for, and it's uh, it's a term that I've heard other people use, and I've kind of taken it and said it myself as well, is that uh, when you're looking at a lot of uh, anime-style fighter games, is uh, the problem with a lot of those is that they take the anime and then try to turn it into a fighter, where this game, uh, I mean... The is host, fighter first. It is fighter first, and they add the adapt and adapt the skin of the anime 
and it just brings that much more brilliance to it the fact that it is a Dragon Ball series yeah. game. I mean this is this is essentially a Dragon Ball skin version of uh, of Guilty Gear which mind you I love because I again love Guilty Gear the thing is is the the issue with a lot of the Naruto and Dragon Ball prior fighting games they weren't really fighting games they they weren't built on the mechanics uh, of being competitive someone's going to get hit <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, um, it's, it, 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 I, I think Will and I would both disagree with you on that one, or at least in regards to which of the Naruto games you're talking about. Because if you're talking yes. about Ninja Storm, yes, that's I don't really know. More... I never played them to be honest. Okay, because they there's two different uh, styles for the Naruto games. You have Ninja Storm, which is more the actiony, like uh, John was mentioning, more the anime based style, and then you have uh, Naruto. Uh, Got Kevin in Tyson Four. Yeah, see, I have him say it because I would just butcher it. GNC4. GNC4, which is definitely more of a traditional fighter, which came to a point where you saw it a lot of conventions. There was a lot of uh, actual tournaments and just events that were held. Will even held them as well. Well, that just comes from the fact that I didn't really like Naruto, so I never really played the Naruto-based games. <laughs> I think there's something real big to distinguish between, and you can even look at it, Xenoverse, it's a fighter game, but it still has a lot of RPG elements on it. So it goes back to that whole thing of being a fighter game second than being anything else. Well, with GNT4, uh, we're going to bring that up. Uh, it's a, a game that has an easy learning curve, but it does take like a while to master. And uh, it did really brought in like the casual audience as well as the hardcore. And the way I see Dragon Ball Fighters, I see like a, a glimpse of GNT4 in this game. Uh, it definitely has like some Guilty Gear elements, and they they they're mindful of the casual audience too, which I feel like this game is gonna like blow up when the game uh, comes out. Uh, they do have like easy uh, combos. They have like a one button combos, but uh, the problem is it's like yo know, if you do that, like the damage isn't that great. So I feel like Dragon Ball Fighters is a mixture of like you know, good for like hardcore casual and uh, just like uh, GNT four. Do you think that it's at all possible in that classic Guilty Gear um, style of play that they're going to have those early, like, one-hit KO techniques like Guilty Gear originally had? I believe they even started out that in the original Guilty Gear. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, Guilty Gear, when it first came out, like, uh, the damage scaling wasn't that great. And uh, you can even combo into uh, instant kills. Yeah. And then with the, uh, the the iterations after that, they, they fixed it and they made it more balanced. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, Axis Games, uh, Namco Bandai, uh, they're mindful of it. And uh, they'll make sure the damage scaling isn't too uh, low. So that way you can't do like, you know, 100% combos and call it a day. Yeah, exactly what you were pointing out and what I've noticed and I really appreciate is it seems like they have accomplished what a lot of other fighting games have tried to achieve, which is that nice balance between the casual and the competitive. Because uh, although I, I, I definitely respect a lot of people in the fighting game community, again, it takes a lot of skill to accomplish what they can. But I would definitely say in some respects, in some areas, it is probably the most toxic community next to League of Legends. And I think this is like would serve as a nice bridge to kind of mine that gap between the two. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, it's not just for league and fighting games. There's there's other genres that have uh, you know toxic in them. Oh no, yeah. absolutely. No, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was gonna say, have you seen the FPS? <laughs> <laughs> just just watch just watch anybody stream Counter Strike go yeah, for longer say, than fifteen seconds. Why is a fifteen year old telling me to go? 
eat a bag of... Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it past a, their bedtime? Exactly. What are they doing at 2 o'clock in the morning? It's a weekend! <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, the, la- the last time we had a fighting game that I think really blended a, a, a casual feel with a competitive audience was the Smash Brothers games. Like that was that that was one of those games. It was marketed to the casual player, but it ended up getting this strangely superiorly competitive edge. Especially when people th- you know figured out things like quick dashes here and there, wave dash, the wave dash, wave dash back in. Oh geez, uh, I can't even remember. Was that back in like the the GameCube? Yeah, I believe so it started with the GameCube. The, it didn't start brawl? with it didn't start with sixty four, right? Because I uh, I mean I'm I was never a competitive player in any stream or form of uh, fighting games. I was always um, a casual player. Um, the one thing I, I loved Smash Brothers. You know, you just have all these characters from all the different Nintendo series and everything like that getting together. It's a, it was a great concept. I thought it was a great system. And the one thing I specifically remember back in the day was going over to a good friend of ours house and him teaching me how to wave dash. And the moment that I learned how to wave dash completely changed my game. And just like most people who, who did Smash Brothers like back in the day, the moment that you learned how to wave dash, it, that opened up a whole new ability to incorporate to your dodging, your blocking, and combos, and you could wreck people. If they didn't know how to do it, you'd win. Simple as that. You know? So, so it's like unlocking Ultra Instinct. Uh, uh, unless they had Metal yeah. <laughs> and, just, and just kept doing uh, heavy attack up. <laughs> yeah. Damn yeah. it, Meta Knight. <laughs> yes. There's always a oh. ways around it. Yes, the Pikachu. I mean, <laughs> and what's, that's actually that brings up another funny point. In in fighting games, there's always that one spammy character, such as like Eddie Gordo. You also have Deathstroke Meta Knight, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. I was great with Deathstroke. Ken, Ken, <laughs> in Street Fighter Four. There, there is actually a, a funny flow chart about it. It's like, hey, are they on the ground? They're coming up. Sure, you can. <laughs> okay, are they far away? Uh, it doesn't matter. Sure, you can. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning. There was actually an issue, so, um, I'm trying to remember who came up with the video, but it showed that you can actually do a Shoryuken off of a Shoryuken. So oh, yeah, the yeah, second, yeah. like, that little pinky toe touched the ground, you can immediately go into another It's like uh, a, it's referred to as almost like a frame perfect trick or something exactly. like that. Exactly. There was, it was the Street Fighter, it was the one with the really flashy under logo to it, and I can't remember which one it was now. It was like... Alpha Strike Mega Force. Yeah, Apple, <laughs> Apple Strike <laughs> You could... They're also Power Rangers. <laughs> you could air combo off of the Shoryuken, uh, the Shoryuken, the... Uh, uh, level three, like finisher, Shoryuken, like the special move. So you could do that in midair and catch anybody that you had already caught, and then just murder them, and then continually chain uh, the kicks afterwards. Yeah, but, um, in regards to Street Fighter Four, I actually have a love hate relationship with fighting games in general. I think they're a lot of fun. I usually don't like to play it competitively, but for whatever reason, I somehow always end up jumping in, in into it. And depending on the game, I do fairly well. For instance, with Street Fighter 4, I actually one time racked up a 25-win streak with Fei Long. I was really good with Fei Long. And I really appreciated in Super Street Fighter 4, because, you know, they always have to come up with, like, five different versions of the same game. over the- yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when they introduced the ability to do a... You get to pick between an alternate ultimate attack, 
my favorite thing to do was, would actually be Fei Long's one inch punch. I'd always time it so perfectly because it comes to a point where and I guess that's the difference between pro players and casual players is pro players. It's a lot harder to telegraph sometimes what move they're going to use as for when you're playing against somebody who's more casual. A lot of casual players make the same mistakes or do the same moves or have the same strategy. So it's a lot easier to go, okay, they're immediately going to go for a jump kick. Oh, counter one inch punch. You're dead. Well, I remember I remember back in the day, me and my cousin David, we used to play uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and we would oh. play the hell out of this game. This was back before there you could, you know, patch games. So there was a, there was a weird little glitch that if you were playing uh, Ken and Ryu, or either one, if you were doing fireballs and you did them at each other, they would clash, but you would still build up power meter. And me and David, we would get into these little fireball contests. We'd just see who can continually do the fireball motion and click the button and just keep up with each other and sit there and mash fireballs together. And then I taught him why you never do that versus Ryu. Because Ryu has super, the super, like, his Kamehameha wave, essentially. (laughs) Um, And it beats out Ken's, like, every single time. Because his is a continuous, like, stream of, like, 32 hits or something if you catch somebody in it when they're Mm -hmm. standing up. And Ken's is just like the mega fireball, which flies across. So me and him would do fireball fights until every single time we'd build up power meter and then try to see who would finish off the other one first. Yeah, I think I, I, I would least I'm assume that all of us probably have some stories as far as Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I know mm-hmm. that was a, a pretty big one, at least in the arcades. Mm-hmm. I know the team I would always roll would be Venom, uh, it would be um, Venom Gambit and Ryu. I know almost everybody uses Ryu, but it would be, it would be a good team. And I actually really appreciate that because Venom being my favorite Marvel character and just the combos that he come off of. He wasn't just a basic Spider-Man clone, but uh, even just the soundtrack w- was on point. That was oh, definitely yeah. one of mm-hmm. the, the better games back at that well, time. Well, that, that was the game where I built my team around uh, Akuma, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. Because Berserker Barrage... Would like if you did it the right if you did it the right wave with the the high attack you would clear the entire bottom of the screen and then you could bring in Spider Man from the call ally ability and web swing and kick anybody who tried to jump over the Berserker barrage and usually kick them right into the tail end of the attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My team was pretty broke. Uh, I mean, people quit. I mean, it's not a complete team, but it's really like a trolley team. I, <laughs> I use a uh, Juggernaut, uh, Mega Man, and Cable. Um, Marvel's Capcom 2, they have, um, Juggernaut Glitch, um, he does his power-up, it takes, like, one meter, and, uh, he basically has super armor, uh, throughout the duration, but when you do the super armor and you immediately tag out, that person that you tag out gets that super armor. And, what? Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know so, that. Oh, so, so <laughs> See, like, these are the inside trade secrets where you were like, that's why that fucker got so much defense. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> so so you go power up and then you tag in. I tag in Mega Man and then I just throw like high punch, which oh, is like no. his his uh, his uh, his um his blaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just you you just do like one jump and you do like the high punch so you get the beam or the um I'm sorry the fireball. And then once you land, you do fireball. So you you do you know like double fireballs every time. And during the, during that those motions, like I call it Juggernaut, and he does his uh, Juggernaut smash. And, like, if you get hit by, like, two fireballs in a smash, for example, that's about, like, 30% of your health. So, you can't be careful. And then, like, there, there's, like, top-tier teams that can beat that. So, that's why I have Cable. And Cable's pretty broken that game, too. And, um, you know, he has this infamous HVB, uh, Air Hyper Viper Beam. I don't know if you guys are aware. But, uh, basically, 
what his hyper viper beam is like when you do his uh, super, you can control like yeah, the you beam. can arc it. Yeah, and um, there's a there's a insta jump when you do uh down down forward motion, and then you do up forward. So they they call it the tiger knee motion. So you go down down forward forward up forward, and then and then you do the two punches. So he does a short jump and he immediately does the hyper viper beam. And there's and, no escape, and, in and, then, and then you can you can arc it. You first you arc it low. And then, uh, and then by the time the, uh, the person like, uh, recovers, you're landing on the ground. You can jump up and do it again. So you could link up like multiple hyper viper beams, yeah, up to five times and, you know, it'll kill. I mean, three, three will kill anybody. I think, uh, four can kill a Hulk. But yeah, it's ridiculous. But, Listen, uh, <laughs> all I know is you're talking cable. You're, seeing, you're, you're basically whispering sweet nuts in my ears. Please tell me more about this cable. <laughs> For me, like again, casual play. I think I played like Spider-Man, Cable. Oh, jeez, and maybe like Wolverine. Just in just because of the fact that I, I was like, okay, I like the the quickness of Spider-Man. The you know kind of. Uh, damage output uh, of Wolverine and then favorite character Cable, but I definitely was never able to utilize him how you just described. <laughs> like, like I was just like, listen, I'm gonna bang. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was my option. I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? But I like him. <laughs> That's what it came down to. So in regards to Marvel's Capcom, though, I do want to get some opinions not only from the people listening, but also from all of us here. Uh, what were your What are your guys' thoughts of Marvel's Capcom Three? Do you think it was really like the game we were all waiting for? Do you think they could have been better? I didn't even remember that it came out. <laughs> it, it, to me, it was one of those things like the only reason why I'm going to say Injustice Two did better for me is the fact that I actually went out and bought Injustice Two, unlike Marvel vs. Capcom Three. It was one of those things like I was not anticipating that game. I, I was not looking forward to it. The, and the thing is, I, I love Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I, I love the first one. Yeah. It was just one of those things like Street Fighter 4 came out, and I, I felt the same way. It was one of those things like there hasn't been a Capcom game that has come out in recent years that I have been excited about. And I think that's mainly on the fault of Com, uh, of Capcom. Um the only reason why I think I even bought Injustice 2 now is the fact that I was like, oh, DC fanboy, and had to get in on it. Because I like the first one. I have barely touched the second one. I feel so bad about that game because I, I wanted to play it competitively, and then it just felt too Mortal Kombat to me. And I was never a huge Mortal Kombat fan. Which is blast me, get out. I, yeah, <laughs> actually, listen. Dude, I played Noob Saibot, and nobody liked me. And, and like I played, I, played I don't like you right now. Down up, <laughs> down up, man. Down yeah. up, That's down, it. Be. down up, down up. Uh, now for me, unfortunately, I never actually got a chance to get my hands on or ever play uh, Marvel vs. Capcom three because that was during that time frame where I didn't have the money to buy a new system nor buy a game. So I went through a long period of not playing any real fighter games for a while, unless I went over to Mike's house and then I was playing Injustice and I didn't even get to play Injustice two. So but I mean, from the gameplay and stuff that I saw, no. The only thing I can honestly say is I wasn't hyped about anything. Like, first reactions, yay, new Marvel vs. Capcom game. This is so cool. When I have money, maybe I can play. Oh, it's, eh, whatever. It's subpar. I now guess. I'll wait for it to be 15 bucks and on sale. Exactly. Pretty much. So, growing up from like... Playing Capcom vs. SK2, Third Strike, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, about what, 18 years ago. You know, I'm so used to the high competitive or the high 
learning curve of those games. It actually, it's fun to me because it's like, you know, it takes like skill. It takes time to, to go in training mode and practice like all the intricacies. Um, but nowadays, like, you know, the games that come out, they they dumbed it down because their focus is on the casual audience. Because in reality, the competitive scene, <laughs> the, the competitive scene, you know, we make up like a small percentage of the people buying the game. So they are going to cater to casual audience. So the games like Mars Capcom 3, I had fun, um, but it's definitely a lot easier compared to Mars Capcom 2. It seems to me it's kind of boring because it's like there's no higher level than what you already see. Everyone's seeing what we can see in Ultimate Mars Capcom 3. Uh, Mars Capcom Infinite, you know, people are discovering some stuff, but it's it's only a matter of time. It's going to be boring. And it goes the same with Street Fighter 5, Street Fighter 5 Arcade Edition when it comes out next week. Um, but to me, I, I'm, I'm old school. It's a, it's the high learning curve that makes it fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember playing a crap ton of King of Fighters back in the day, and that was probably the hardest learning curve of a fighting yeah. game back then. Um, the original King of Fighters was just rough. <laughs> I, you didn't learn power. Like if you, if you weren't in the in crowd, you didn't know the power moves. You just used combos, like basic freaking combos. I used to be the guy that just played and punch kick people to death because I didn't know how to do things <laughs> in that game for the longest time. But uh, to touch on what you mentioned earlier, Johnny, like you're not really a competitive player. But I think the funny thing is, if you really think about it, all of us here and probably a lot, uh, just about everybody listening technically are competitive players, at least if we go far back to the roots of, again, the arcade cabinets and doing stuff like that. We all really got into it before there really was that fighting game scene. Well, I, I guess the reason why I would have to classify myself, classify myself as uh, more of a casual, even in that regard, is because of the fact that I kind of have a good amount of respect for people who do it competitive at tournaments. They, yeah. they put in that time and that skill to do it. Yes, I have gotten competitive to the point where I've wanted to beat my friends or beat my sister when we go to a place and play it, you know, let's say at a restaurant and they have the arcade in the back and me and my sister are like, okay, well, it's, it's, you know, Mortal Kombat and we're climbing that ladder and it's just like, okay, well, we're going to fight each other. And then she'd be like, hey, John, I need you to beat these levels. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's one of those things, so. My definition of casual and competitive, uh, people who are competitive, uh, they play to win. People who play casual, they just play for fun. Uh, that's, uh, that's a... That's actually a very good distinction between the two. I mean, it makes it nice and simple. Yeah, really... Okay, then fine. I'm, I'm competitive. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to put down to that definition, because when I go in, I'm all like, <laughs> I'm having fun whooping your ass. <laughs> that's about it. You and don't get me wrong. winning. Yes, I have fun winning. And don't get me wrong. It's just like everyone else. You know, you, you try your hardest and you're like, I don't want this fool to beat me. So I guess, yes, per that definition, doesn't mean I'm great. <laughs> well, I, I remember back in the day going to arcades with just a pocket full of quarters and standing at a Street Fighter game or standing at that was me from Tekken or yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I did it with I did it with every one of them except Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I had two. I had two characters in Mortal Kombat. Two: Noob Saibot and Rain. And nobody liked to play against either one of them. So nobody would come over to me and play me on the machine if I was standing there because they'd see me playing Noob Saibot and they would refuse to play. 
Uh, Austin and I spent a lot of time in arcades, uh, just playing away at a mar- especially uh, Mortal Kombat. It, the funny thing is, is even throughout the years, our mains never changed. For me, it was always Scorpion, and for him, it was always Sub Zero. So <laughs> it was just funny how that rivalry in game went ahead and went no in real life as well. The only other person I would ever sometimes play as would be Johnny Cage. He okay. was always uh, uh, one of my favorites as well. I never, I never cared for Johnny Cage. No. Well, I he... went cheap. I went Liu Kang. If I was going to oh do anything, if I was going to do, if I was going to do anything outside of your classic ninjas to even cyborg ninjas, you know, like Sector I would do Cyrax. Jax. Jax would be my step out. I didn't mind. I didn't mind Jax. Yeah. But the, I, <laughs> I, 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 my, 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 you know, cheese stick was of course. Like Liu Kang, Kung Lao. Bicycle kick, bicycle kick. High, high fireball, low fireball. Uh-huh. The uh, jumping kick. Yes. Well, uh, no, Johnny Cage, funny enough, he started out as a joke character. But in time, because NetherRealm actually decided to put a story inside of a fighting game, they actually made him more interesting. And I think that's probably around the time where I was more interested in using him as a character. Because as much as I love fighting games... Being a huge RPG enthusiast, I really enjoy the fact that fighting games these days kind of throw that in there. I, I, watched... I liked all the characters they introduced when they killed off Johnny Cage, like Striker. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, listen, I was such a Mortal Kombat enthusiast, I actually watched Mortal Kombat the cartoon show. I watched the... <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mean to derail this and turn it into a like, well, let's watch this as a cartoon, but I'm just saying... I was one of those guys. <laughs> I watched the live-action TV series that used to air on Fox, I think it was. It was yes, like early Kung morning. Lao. Yeah, about Kung Lao, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, and now you cannot... That that has disappeared from like the face of existence. You have to search like the dark web to find the episodes of that show. I think I actually downloaded it back in the day. What, what was it called? I remember it was like a tournament, right? And it, It's kind of like... It was Street it, Fighter something of the dragon or something. Yeah. Tournament of the Dragon, I think. Street Fighter? You mean yeah. Mortal or Kombat? Or Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Mortal Kombat. Oh, God. I should know this, too, because what it was is the storyline prefaced around, uh, you know, our champion, Kung Lao, who is in the lineage of the great Liu Kang, but way before it. And this was, like, the 10th tournament ever on Earth. And if... Uh, Kung Lao did not win this tournament, then everything would be done. And I think it, it, it's just like the movies, you know, Kung Lao like wins every, it in the beginning. Every and then <laughs> Exactly. But then it's just like, it takes place like right after that tournament. And it's basically starts like the second, you know, Mortal Kombat movie where, all right, rules broken. Let's just go to Earth. Screw well, it. it was, they were sending, they were sending like assassins and. To, yeah. Yeah. They like, it was all this like, we must kill Kung Lao. Yeah. Which is a shame because well, the first live action movie, as campy and cheesy as it is, it's awesome. Yes, so it, awesome. It is. It is bad, but in the best way possible. And by the third one, they had to invent new ways for ninjas to enter scenes, <laughs> such I, as flipping out of teleporting like wait portals. Minute, they made that, a third one. Yeah, they made a third one. What? Wasn't it three? I could have sworn it was only two. two. I was remember it? then two oh. was just so awful that they kind of just like we're never touching this again until more recently, where they did the live action like shorts. Those were amazing. They were. They were. Those were and like almost anything that done. has Michael Jai White in it. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, but, except for that um, Universal Soldier sequel. 
Nope, it was so good because <laughs> <laughs> the corniness makes it great. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, lo- I still love that movie because it had, it not only didn't have Jean-Claude Van Damme, but it had Goldberg and Michael Jai White. I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but um, cutting aside from Mortal Kombat, going over to like games like Street Fighter, um, and I could be wrong with this, but sh- wouldn't you depict Street Fighter as the one, maybe not as the, the hardest learning curve for anything like that, but it kind of set the wave for what we know of as the 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 most modern style for it controls, in, it in, yeah, it invented the the uh, like down back forward quarter circle, the, that quarter right? circle movement. Yeah. Am I am I wrong or it? it no. I think I'm on the right track with that. I, I'm trying to think of an old school game that actually has emotions, but no one really cared about it. And <coughs> Street Fighter just came out. It just blew up because uh, it just got like you know popular in the U.S. and just went from there. I'm trying to think of that game. It's, it's um, the <laughs> only other one that I can think of that used like the quarter circles was Samurai Showdown. Yeah, and I mean I'm talking mm-hmm. like old Game Gear Samurai Showdown. Yeah, like um, and every now and then you'd find an arcade cabinet of it, but that I mean that didn't really have like super flashy moves. You had a few people who would do like really intricate sword slices and stuff if you did the the like down back forward that quarter circle stuff. Well, there's also, the, I would say, some of the unsung heroes. Don't do it. The... What do you mean, don't do it? <laughs> you mean, don't You're going to bring a virtual fighter, aren't you? Oh, oh no, 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 no. We're going to get to those. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get even more obscure than that. I'm talking Wait, about... more obscure than Samurai Showdown? Well, kind of. I guess it would depend on, you know, your time period. But we're talking about um, Primal Rage, or even Clay Fighter, if anybody remembers those. I remember that. I remember Primal Rage. I, I choose Clay not Fighter. to remember Clay Fighter, but I'm okay with Primal Rage. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Killer Instinct. That was the other one. The, yeah. Primal Rage and Killer Instinct were right around the same time. They were both on the old Sega Genesis home console. And I still swear to God I spent more time like just messing around with those games than I should ever have. What about Bloody Roar? <laughs> Bloody Roar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the, the company that made Bloody Roar also made Naruto Gaiken and Tyson 4, uh, Takara Tomi. Uh, they also made that too. So they actually have some similarities with those games. So I didn't even know that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I guess, it, you know, when it, you look at the trends, because um, that's a great segue for it, when you have uh, the people who created, um, you know, Guilty Gear, and they've you can clearly see them evolve from, you know, Guilty Gear to Guilty Gear 2, and then the fact that they, they've transitioned now to what we're hoping... Well, Blazblue, is... and then from Blazblue, they also are doing... I, if that's even pronounced right. I'm so awful pronunciations. Blazblue. Yeah. Blazblue, it, it doesn't really matter. I think it's the it's tomato tomato. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, but yeah, as you are saying... But the, the, the transition and evolution, like, at least you can tell that um, sometimes a company will take itself and, and really look at it and put out... Um, an evolution of itself and it refined those things that it needed to work on because with them we're looking at you know dragon ball fighter z and how well that looks fighters fighters they finally i guess decided okay. that that is gonna be it's, the official it's one title word it. it's one yeah, word. Dragon fighters. Ball fighters because we were going fighter z for like long time. it just like, sounds better otherwise you're basically like dragon ball fighters <laughs> and you just have this buzz for like 20 minutes because everyone's going to make fun of it. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> if you don't say Dragon Ball Fighters, then something's wrong. But that's the funny thing. It's, it's a game that's already become a meme, but it's yes. also going to be a, a very big thing because it was the just the reaction to it at I mean, Evo it, recently it looks was... pretty. It looks pretty. I no, no, no. Gameplay-wise, because no. they had an yeah. Evo recently. Yeah. The fighting game community went nuts for it. You even have um, Maximilian Dude... 
he doesn't even like Dragon Ball anything, and he's just completely into this game. He even had his first, like, Evo moment <laughs> playing this. Well, being in the actual competitive community, um, how, like, what's the news on being, how hyped is this game for what you're anticipating to come out and, like, do in competitions? I think it, it reaches out, like, different categories um, for casual audience, competitive. Um, like, to go back to GNT4, um, the game is an import game that never came out in the States, but it is so popular. I mean, it's, it, it's not just, like, the Wolvolution community. It was, like, the anime conventions because it's an auto-include for those anime conventions. A lot of people go see these anime conventions all over the United States so they'll put in GNT4 because it's an anime game, it's a video game, everyone loves it, and then, you know, it just blew up from there. And I see the similarities with Dragon Ball Fighters. They say, oh, it's anime, you know, we gotta put in an anime convention. So it's gonna have a lot more exposures, and this casual audience that don't know the competitive scene, they'll be like, you know, there's a competitive scene for this? Or oh, I gotta look into it, and then it's gonna help out the FGC more, so... No, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're, there's a very good chance we're probably going to see that MegaCon this year. Absolutely. Which yeah. uh, you'll, you'll go to those the, those uh, off-site con rooms <laughs> that's just like, all right, we're doing the tournament. They're, they're right always now. there. I mean, like, I saw, I've only been to MegaCon myself probably twice, but uh, they had a Naruto a GNC for there uh, both times I went there, and I got to jump in. It actually did fairly well thanks to some of the people from the Evolution community playing against some of those guys, like uh, Mystic. Uh, there was one other person, I, I wish I could remember his name, cause, but it was so far back. But he's the one that actually taught me how to use Kisame a lot better than I had originally um, was using him. He's the one that taught me the jumping slash into the combo that worked really well as far as stealing their key and then just completely wrecking face. Well, the main Kasami players in South Florida, there's Juggernaut, there's Underscore. Um, Ice Kid does play, um, he plays most of the cast really well. Um, it's probably one of those three. <laughs> More than likely. But then, even from that short period of time being taught that, it's like, just my ability as a competitive player to skyrocket, even just in that instance, learning from them. And it was really cool to see that, where they were willing to be like, and so, oh no, you're scrubbed, you can get out of here. That they were willing to actually sit there and be like, hey, you know, this is how you can do it better. Keep, keep in mind, there's these invulnerability frames at this point. Doing this combo is going to do this much damage and so on. It's a point where when I actually fought against Mystic, I lost. But at least uh, during it was a very close battle throughout all three rounds. But I actually won one of the rounds. And I, I did it to what a lot of people assumed was a like rookie move. Because I used Kasame's Shark Missile. Which is, it takes a percentage of your life. But if the person's already low life, it's kind of like a kill shot. So he was coming at me and... Kasame is not a very fast character, even with some of his uh, simple combos. So I knew there was no way I was going to be able to... Even if I were to block, the attacks he would have done, the chip damage would have killed me. So it was like a fight or flight, and I knew he was coming in for the combo. So the only thing I could do was the shark missile. Hit him with it, and won that round. And he just threw up his controller and screamed, Who does that? Because <laughs> like, uh, I know sometimes just using your special randomly like that can be perceived as a very noobish move. But sometimes, in the, especially in that situation, it could be the difference between a, a win or a loss. That's true. Hey, a win's a win. Where you win by <laughs> inch or a mile. <laughs> yeah, a win's a win. You know what, though? Sometimes, too, like, um, I know I've, I've 
taken a look at some competitive communities and you know you you get to to know your guys in your circuit like pretty well and kind of like how they play some of the times so it's it's that that ultimate chess game of like how i'm going to read their moves or how i'm going to play differently against someone or kind of spot these things but when you have someone who's basically a noob coming into it and it's just like they're the unknown they can pull off something rare like that and be like oh here you go. <laughs> right? Well, that so. is true. So. <laughs> um, but speaking of tournaments, I know you're still kind of keeping out of at least hosting some of the events, but I know you. we spoke about this kind of before the cast, that you are going to be jumping back into at least playing competitively. Yes. Um, like Especially 2018, I, I, I planned out what I'm going to do. Well, almost planned out. Um, at the moment, I'm going to uh, Winter Brawl. In uh, Philadelphia, uh, late February, I'm planning to go to Kamehakan in Texas. It's anime convention, but I'm you know there's gonna be some good tournaments there. I'm also going to go to Georgia, Momocon. That's gonna be in late May, and then from then on, I just gotta see where I'm at with uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. And then there's a very good chance if I feel like I'm good enough, I'm gonna go try to compete in either CEO and or Evo, and then uh, just go from there. But with me, it's like I. It, I'm working steps. I gotta like, you know, win my locals tournaments, then work a little bigger tournaments, and then the majors. I'm not gonna jump into major, like, from the get-go. I mean, that's just how I am. I, I know, like, if I don't get enough practice, I'm just gonna get 0-2'd, and it'll be like a waste of a trip to me. But, um, that, that's my plan for 2018, um, and, uh, we'll just see what happens. Uh, absolutely, and then, again, that's one of the major things I respect about the fighting game community and a lot of the competitive players is there is a lot of practice, there's a lot of effort, there's a lot of thought put into it. I mean, even, I typically don't like watching video games in general, I'd rather be playing it, but I will say, watching fighting games, just the hype that's involved, not even being the person who's playing, but just sitting there and just watching it, you're not sure who's going to win, you have people that you're rooting for, but just like how involved that can be is just amazing, compared to a lot of other genres. Hey, I look at it this way, especially when it comes down to a fighting game, uh, I I mean, I know they're really quick and it completely different for some people who are really big into sports, but it's like a boxing match. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to have someone go in there. You're going to have go a few rounds. You're going to do what you can. It's, it's something quick and exciting to watch. So a lot of times you can sit down and watch these matches for a fighter game and roll with it a little bit easier than watching someone grind out, you know, some RPG levels, you know. So <laughs> as take... much as I love to grind Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> this is... It's not going to be, like, it's the same not level of that. enjoyment than if you're watching no, 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 fast-paced no. Exactly. you don't know where it's going to go. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like watching any other sporting event because the tides can turn at any point in time. The action is uh, a lot of times very seamless, um, you're, you're seeing these two and most of the time professionals kind of go at it and pull out all the stops just to get that win. Exactly. My, my, to me, competition is like art for me. It's just like, you know, you're there to win. You're there to, to try to accomplish the, uh, the objective before the opponent does, which is get the life down to zero or win by timer, whatever case it be. And what I love, it's like, you know, on the fly, it's you versus them. And it's like, you know, okay, I'm at low health. What am I going to do? I exhausted all my options, but am I still dead? 
You know, and that's why I like, you know, stuff like the, the infamous Daigo versus Justin Wong parry combo and stuff like that. And those are the type of things that I just love to see, you know. But then again, it's just like, you know, how it is with boxing or MMA. Anything can happen, you know. It's just like, you know, you could get, sweep someone and get, like, a couple perfects and then make it so quick. Or it'll be like a back and forth thing and you're just, like, you know, on the edge of your seat. That's why I love it. That's why I think competition is, like, art for me. No, I mean, it definitely is. I agree 110%. Um, but quickly to touch on the whole convention thing, just as also a shameless plug, we are recently going to be going to... Uh, West Palm Beach West, Comic Con. Well, it's like West Palm Com- Comic Con Revolution. Yeah. Comic Con yes. Revolution. Yeah, so we're going to be there. Um, we're going to be donning our Ready Comics Roll shirts. I'll probably be dressed up in cosplay as uh, a Grey Warden. Actually made the entire armor on my own. We're and- just going to put the shirt over the armor. So he, has, so, so he actually looks presentable. <laughs> I'll have limited mobility. That's all the better for you guys to beat me. Pretty much. And uh, I know, well, you also do a little bit of cosplay. You're more well-known for Trunks. Yes. Uh, I do Trunks, Sasuke, uh, Sanji from One Piece. Um, but is this so funny? Like, every time I try to do different cosplay, it's like, yeah, 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 where's Trunks? And everyone just loves my Trunks. And I'm just like, damn, man. It's like, I want to do something else. But um, uh, with 2018, too, I'm planning to do a big project. This is going to be out of my skill level. But this is what I love. I love to challenge myself. I like to do something different to see, you know, what I could do. And I'm planning to make Raiden from Metal Gear. And um, he's he's a really awesome character. And... um. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult, but I, I just love the challenge. I, I don't know why. You know, people well, said like, you know, the, uh, you know, you should really buy the outfits and stuff. I'm like, you know, but if you go to, you look at how much it is, it's like over like a thousand. So I'm like, let me make it myself and, and, and learn on the way. It's also just the well, sense of accomplishment too. Hold yeah. on. It, it, there's a, there's a level of difficulty depending upon which Raiden you're doing. Cause if you do Metal Gear Solid 2 Raiden, you oh, could just yeah. be. Holding your junk, like kind of blurred out. It's all good. But well, you're gonna have to keep us posted on that. Please do. Like, not if you're doing the naked riding. No, 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 no. If you're doing the full, like you know, cyborg armor type stuff, like absolutely keep us posted with that. Because honestly, we would love to see like your progress with that Mm -hmm. and kind of where it gets to. Just to, I mean, Anthony loves to to do the cosplay. Obviously, he he spent a lot of time getting his armor built up and everything like that. Uh, there were certain times where I've done uh, some projects for cosplay. I, I One time I, I, I built, um, you know, a, a heavy rotary cannon. You built Sasha. Yeah, do, I bought heavy Sasha. For Team Fortress okay. 2. For Team Fortress nice. 2. Um, it, so, like, I'm accustomed to some of that stuff, but it is. The, the more you get into it and the more you do it... Uh, it helps you refine that skill. It's just like in a fighting game. Yes. You know, you go into that practice room or you go against other people as long as you're refining your craft and you, you find something new to a character or something unique kind of skill, you can refine yourself for it. Yeah. So, um, okay. no, is it, well, uh, in case we're wondering, the Raiden I want is the Metal Gear Ryzen. So. No, no. That's yeah. Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> that's, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm posting, like, I'll post the pictures, like, on my Instagram, uh, The Will of FL. And um, I'll post, like, my progress pictures on there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, definitely let us know. Keep us in fact. Um, I, I guarantee that Anthony has probably already gone on and probably, you know, following you from our page. So. 
<laughs> so we would definitely love to see how that, that how that kind of goes out. Yeah, so we'll be at Comic-Con Revolution. I'm still seeing if they have anything as far as games are concerned. Because, again, like we discussed, a lot of these conventions, they'll at least have a small little room to where they have people set up for these fighting games. Um, if not, again, we'll still be there. We are definitely going to go to, or at least try our best, as broke as we are, to make it out to Megacon uh, earlier on this year, too. And I know for a fact they definitely have some uh, fighting game, not necessarily tournaments, but a lot of people just kind of competitively playing against one another. You can um, see people in, like, the out, not the, I, I don't, I forgot what it's called, but it's not actually inside the... The little um, alcoves of the convention center. Yeah, but it, it's not the actual merchant's room, it's just outside those. Yeah. You always see people right out in the hallway, they pull out the, the backpacks with the generators, and they have the TVs and PlayStation right there, and you can kind of get... Your you know your fighting game on right there in the hallway. And it's going to be much more evolved this year with all the switches out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the cosplay community, they call it the hallway con, which yes. is um you know people just chill in the hallway and stuff and don't go in. <laughs> yeah. And actually, that's true. That's the one thing I always forget about conventions is if you can, you can actually technically go to one for free. Yes. Because mm-hmm. the only the only thing you're ever really paying for when you go to these conventions is the right to go into the booths when they have uh, the little. Um, I forget the actual term for it. It's just drawing a blank. But when they have uh, the panels, that's it. Panels. When they have the actual panels, and that's also how you actually get into the dealer room. Yeah, yeah. the dealer room. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, there's like the vendor room. There's like the artist alley. Um, the, um, I mean, yeah. it depends upon the con you go to. Some of them are set up to where you you, you pay to get into the actual convention mm-hmm. center. I mean, that's that's usually reserved for the much larger cons. Yeah, yeah. but like your mega cons and, of course, your smaller ones. I know you kind of just walk in because it's usually convention center. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to tell the random person who just walked through. No, you can't come through because there's also typically like other yeah. events that are being held within that convention you center. You dress in cosplay. They think that you're already in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was weird. Last year... Or not last year, the year before last, when we went to the we went to the convention, there was like African dignitaries in the convention hall as well as all these no, people. No, so they usually have so much going on. Yeah, <laughs> I think the only venue that like you can't really do a hallway con, so to speak, is uh, any 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 events that's in the Miami Airport Convention Center, which is mainly like the the Supercon family uh, events and. There are a few other uh, conventions, but yeah, they, it's very hard to make a hallway con unless you want to chill outside. Not in Florida. Not in Florida, not in cosplay. Not in Florida, not in like especially not in cosplay. Like, you remember how much I was dying dressed up as the pyro, which was like the oh, first I cosplay I ever did? Was like, Absolutely. I was about to just pass out half the time, but I'm still so proud of that flamethrower. Dude, yeah. no, I, every, single, every single year when I see somebody dressed up as a as a full like warhammer um cosplay like a- any space, of them you say a tiny you say a tiny prayer for him. Yep. i say Master a prayer because i'm like you have to be dying in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think the only time i could do something big like that is i'd have to go up north and it'd have to be snowing <laughs> um, <laughs> i'll the, stay outside you guys are good <laughs> the other one that i think somebody re- would definitely regret is going to Chew- as chewbacca <laughs> oh no and anything that we are wearing more hair <laughs> Just no, not here, not um, here. But touching on just the little mini, maybe not um, professional, but still competitive little tournaments going on. We've actually hosted one before. We had what uh, I dubbed the bootleg injustice tournament, 
where I I didn't really want to lug my computer out to, over to your guys' apartment at that time with the capture equipment. So instead, I brought the camcorder. We oh, kind of yeah. just recorded the television screen. Yeah. As we all ran that turn. I remember that. <laughs> we <laughs> should post that up on our channel at some point. I, I know what. I might actually go ahead and rip that from my channel and kind of put it up there for people's enjoyment. Yeah. It was actually a lot of fun with all the mad fat sharks. And... We still we still need to eventually do a bootleg tournament for Injustice Two, even though it's been a while. They got rid of Deathstroke. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> that was my cheat button. That was it. <laughs> well, we we headshot. It's the same thing. We he doesn't have a sword. <laughs> Listen, Deathstroke was the best in that game because you know what? He had he basically had his uh, block breakers with his rifle. Uh, he had his little quick like catch you off balance with his with his pistols. Uh, when you got in close or someone got close enough, your sword was your best friend, and he had enough. Um, you know combos that would keep you in lock to basically win through so yeah, no he, he had he had a lot he had a lot of knock away whereas with Deadshot, it's more of he plays keep away because yeah. he's got a lot of the like back step and shoot kind of move that's why like deathstroke maybe not the most uh in i could be wrong i i'm my memory's a little bit fuzzy with it but his his damage output necessarily wasn't the highest but because he was so balanced and he had something for a uh, long, medium, and close range, that it made him basically, you know, an easy freaking, you know, win yeah. button. I, I think at at range, Green Arrow outdamaged him, but only slightly. Yeah. yeah. But um, so what we are gonna try and do, the day after the release of Dragon Ball Fighters, we're gonna try and hold either a bootleg tournament. Or maybe something a little bit more professional. But either way... You we can... don't do professional here. Well, I, said, I, said, I said more, more professional. More professional. Where we might actually have like have you seen our, our kitchen studio? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For the reviews. Um, Best so... casting location ever. We make things work. If only you could see, and maybe you know what, I might just go ahead and take a picture and post it up anyways. Our current setup for recording even this podcast. It is laughable. We make it work, mm-hmm. but we are going to do a tournament for Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, well, of course, I know you might be busy around that time, but the offer is available if you are available. Yeah, come in and kick all of our ass. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's Because I know there's like a lot of events down south, and um, you know there, there's like events there. I'm gonna, or definitely going to join them and uh, whip their ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the spirit. That's what we want to hear. But uh, and the reason why we're kind of choosing so early, we'd probably do it same day. Is because we kind of want, at least for some of us uh, less experienced... We want the channel games. pop. We just want the channel pop, bro. It's, it's, more than, it. it's more than channel pop. I want it to be an even uh, playing field. I don't want anybody to get too much time with it, even though, you know, John and I will have it for a day before everybody else, but <laughs> it's neither play. here nor there. I'll get, I'll get to play in my, well, my... I might just be pre-ordering it on PlayStation at this point, because you guys, you guys did the GameStop pre-order. I'll oh. pre-order it on PlayStation so I can play we, it tomorrow. We hate, <laughs> we hate GameStop, and we usually don't try and support them, but... I killed two birds with one stone because I had a gift card and for me it's just <laughs> that i still i still can't find anybody who's going to get me the game quicker as much as i hate to say it uh i know playstation like, well I, I i am i have a whole that's a whole different conversation when it comes to me and digital i'm not a, a big fan of digital for quite a few reasons he's one of those you know nostalgic people who has to have a physical copy you're partially right the only other right, thing well, is the, is the concern um, i'm not mike i'm not with, wrong with, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, that, is that partially right yeah. so it still counts <laughs> 
It's also just uh, issues just with servers and sometimes where games just get pulled. I'm just like, no, if I bought this, you you're, the only way you're taking this from me is if you pry it from my cold dead fingers. <laughs> there, there's actually mom and pops actually have the games in advance. I remember when oh. Marvel's Capcom Infinite uh, came out, people got a, a week in advance. And I, I know there's like a little click. I, I know who they are. Uh, they're, they're down. I'm not gonna uh, round Davy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 We're I not gonna put them on blast, but we'll say they're. We'll say a general out. area. Yeah. Figure it out. I know. If like, you look hard enough, you might be able to find these. Because <laughs> basically, there's one person in the South Florida fighting community. Basically, goes to that Pacific mom and pop and go. Let me buy 20 copies. You buy 20 copies and then sell them to the people in that group. So. That works. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you do the same thing with Dragon Ball Fighters. So, Damn. so yeah, we, we don't know these connections, so we gotta we gotta slum it up with a GameStop, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because yeah. the only other thing is you can go ahead and roll the dice, and that kind of worked out for us with Pokemon. Um, I'm trying to even remember how far back that was. Oh, you're talking about when we just randomly hit up a Walmart, Walmart. Yeah. and we're lucky that we got the game. They they screwed up yeah. and gave it to us the day before. Yeah. <laughs> like, they weren't supposed to release it until, like, whatever, midnight or something like that. And we got it. You, yeah, we went before. in at, like, 8 o'clock or whatever. Yeah, and we're <laughs> like, uh, so do you guys have the game? And they're like, yeah, we have we're it. We're putting it out right now. Because they're they like, didn't yeah. even care. They weren't, like, they weren't like, oh, the game's coming out tomorrow. They were like, we have it in stock. And that's Who the cares? beauty of Walmart is they really don't care. They're yeah. just like, here, we just want your money. Take <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but then it was funny, though, because, like, after a few of us got it, then they kind of realized, because they, I remember them having a few in stock and someone else going, and they're like, I couldn't get it. They told me that they weren't allowed to sell it until, like, tomorrow. <laughs> and you're like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> so that's why we, we mostly stick to GameStop, because they, I think they even changed it now. I'm not sure if this is just the change in release dates to where it's now Fridays, because I know it used to be Tuesdays, mm-hmm. or if that's still just, like, a pre-order thing that they're doing. Well, the thing with, the thing with GameStop is they've been... The, because they don't want to pay their employees for the longer hours, yeah. they've been doing the, the pre-releases earlier and earlier. So now it's like, oh, we're going to do the pre-release at our actual closing time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, now it's like, okay, we're going to do it at 8 o'clock, two hours before we even close. <laughs> Like okay, yeah, this isn't this isn't a midnight release anymore. Hey, whatever works, you know, we all get the game. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It just gives you a little bit more time to install. <laughs> GameStop's desperate. Uh, I think they're going to close down. We it's only a matter of time. Amazon's killing them, so we, we could only that's hope. Why, <laughs> that's why they're trying to do like the cute, you know, wannabe Netflix thing, and then they have to uh, close it down a bit because I think like you know the employees are taking advantage of it. So it's on, what, Froze or something like that? I don't know, but I was like, whatever. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I would probably stick with Amazon, but the, again, with that, it's just like been hit or miss. Because one thing, um, shout out to my mailman. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dog, you didn't deliver my mail. <laughs> we actually have had issues, and this is the only reason why I say that, and I'm actually so frustrated about that, is like, I'm already broke enough as it is. I don't want my, my packages, especially my games. At $60, I usually don't even have available to me. For it to get lost in the mail, and then I have to play like this game to where I have to bounce from different location to location just to try and get it from the post office, that's not cool. And that's why I prefer digital. <laughs> in that case, yeah, yes. Yeah. But that's why that's why I said That's the only reason why GameStop, unfortunately, still even gets my money. Dude, if I could eat digital, I, I wouldn't even bother with real food. <laughs> I'd miss the taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amazon, like, if you pre-order, I think most games, or all the games, I'm not too sure, uh, you get 20% off of it. 
I know they have good deals, but I think that's if you have Prime or is yeah, it just Pri- even yeah, Prime. I'm sorry, Prime. No, yeah. no, that's fine. Yeah. But um, no, I think that's a great deal. That's that's an awesome incentive. Dude, just to get just to do what everybody else does. Hijack my Prime. <laughs> but, but well, there you go. The, but, but here's the thing, though. There there's certain things which. I mean, okay, if you're if you're getting a digital copy, how much um, if you're get, want to be a sucker, like I'm probably gonna do when Final Fantasy VII eventually comes out in like 2019, uh, 20, <laughs> 2020, 2022, 20, 20, tier rolls down eye, <laughs> rolls down cheek, shit. Um, and you're a sucker like me. You can't go in and get the digital copy because you want all the toys that a game comes with. If you got get the 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 master freaking the the master sword edition, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you uh, get Ultima Weapon Edition, and then you know you get the freaking dragon with the sword well, and materia. This is and, this is um, why you buy from the the, bust the, the actual distributor <laughs> at that point because when they did that with um was it Dragon Age I think. Uh, you could download the digital copy, then they sent you all the uh, paraphernalia stuff in the mail. Yeah. Like, I could, they I, gave you a, they, you bought it from their website. You could download, you could use the download code and just download the digital copy, and then you, they'd send you all the stuff. I, I and I completely understand that, and that sounds amazing. But at that part, I'd almost have to agree with uh, freaking Anthony over here because if they ever tried to pull Final Fantasy VII from me, I'd have to go. On a killing spree. Well, if, as long as, as, long as you <laughs> like, they would have to pull it from my cold dead hands, and I'm all like, "You take my system. You try to take my game. I will have to hurt you." It's like, <laughs> I, will, I will, I will hunt you down. I will find you, and I, I will get, end you. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things. Like, yeah. as long as you maintain your system and you don't take the game off your hard drive, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there, there's advantage and disadvantage with digital and physical. What I love about Digigo is like, you know, if you travel for your PS4, you don't have to bring everything else to your PS4. Yeah. And then, uh, if someone. Well, I just leave the, car- the thing in there and then I take it. Well, you have multiple <laughs> games and you play multiple yeah. games. And then if someone steals yeah. a physical copy, then that's it. Yeah. As for digital copy, if someone steals my PS4, okay, buy another PS4, but they don't have a password in my account. That's true. That is very true. Again, like you said, uh, there's always like the pros and cons of doing that either way. Fine, I'm gonna have to get physical and digital. <laughs> you talked me into I'm it. <laughs> I will uh, not have any money for 2019. <laughs> oh God. That's just what it comes down to. Uh, the one thing that you did point out uh, earlier today, though, John, is we're at least fortunate enough. You know, it's not like a big deal, but it's a big deal to me because I love Goku, and I know you're big on Vegeta. The fact that GameStop is at least giving us that little, the little figure. Yeah, so, no, we're gonna it. we're gonna make it in time. Yes. We're, we're definitely gonna be there super early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll at least I'm, get our figures. We can't guarantee I, everybody else will. I, I I may have to like lag you behind because I'm not super psyched about getting a Goku figure. If they had Vegeta, I would totally like take the day off from work <laughs> and get paid to stand outside GameStop. Why doesn't he come in? He's waiting for the figure, bro. <laughs> That's it. Funny thing is, I actually, have that that Friday off. <laughs> well. You. <laughs> I might have to take my personal day. <laughs> That's what so, I will, because I'm also getting Monster Hunter on the same day. But the so thing is, though, that, that GameStop that we pre ordered the game at is literally down the street from my work. Yeah. So I just leave work and go there. Just kind of go whenever. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. No, I definitely want to get a head start. Uh, either I I'll might check during lunch. I might not touch <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters because it's that way. Key, again, keep it fair for the, the tournament we're going to have for the next day. I might focus well, more I'm on. Your ass. You think so? Maybe this is <laughs> no, this is going to be the Goku and Vegeta fight. Just like the fact that we actually have the voice actors of Goku and Vegeta going at it over the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Team Goku. 
And yeah, no, Team Vegeta's gonna whoop your ass. We'll see about that. Yeah. We will. <laughs> so I, I think we're gonna use that as our little way of kind of rolling out. Um we'll go ahead and actually go with teams. So we'll start with you, Mike, and kind of just work our way down. What team do you plan on using for Dragon Ball Fighters? Well, I, I'm building upon my fan fiction that I started with uh, the original Xanaverse, which is my Krappa, which is the offspring of Krillin and Nappa. And then I think I'm going to throw some Gohan in there just to round out the whole party. Okay. <laughs> Mike's like, that's my ship and I will go down. Yeah, that's my ship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can only say that going off of who is actually available, like, you know, because we won't have everyone available immediately. I'm hoping that they expand on characters. Um, I've gone on record by saying I am going uh, Vegeta. I haven't decided Super Saiyan or Blue yet. Um, but, uh, you know, Vegeta in general. Uh, definitely Piccolo. And as it stands right now, Kid Boo. I'm actually curious. Can you do Vegeta and Vegeta? I think... Yes, you can do Vegeta and Vegeta. Are you going to do Vegeta and Vegeta? I might have to do Vegeta and Vegeta. Just to be like, uh-uh. I'll do Vegeta, Blue, Vegeta, Super Saiyan, and Piccolo. Just because that makes sense. Which is funny to me, because then if that is possible, then I might have to go the same route, but it'll be Goku, Goku Super Saiyan, Goku, Goku Blue. Blue, and then Piccolo. Just to make it balanced. <laughs> it's definitely a gimme that I'm going to play Trunks, and I'm gonna, I have to experiment with the characters first. I'm basically going to build a team around Trunks, and whoever uh, fits my playstyle in Trunks, that's my team. But definitely Trunks. No, Trunks, yeah, stop, Trunks. stop giving us the political answer. I want to know who your other two people are going to be. Well, it's a secret. Get the inside version here first, folks. I don't want ever, anyone to know See, my secret. John, so. John was trying to set him up. Uh, so, yeah, I want to go ahead and thank you again for joining us, Will. I really appreciate it uh actually yeah take the time let people know where they can follow you as far as i think you have a youtube channel for your vlogs yes uh you know i, I do weekly vlogs at uh the youtube.com slash force of the will um i also do gameplay footage i have like vintage videos too if you guys want to see old tournament videos from like 10 years ago so um a lot of variety like almost like any fighting game that's uh tournament worthy uh, is in there um, I also post on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and it's all the same handle, which is the Will of FL. So, and then thanks again for joining us and giving us a lot of insight into the more competitive side of the fighting uh, games and fighting game community. It's definitely my pleasure, Hinton. <laughs> Office Depot reference. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've all been there, either working for or being stuck there because of our friends. <laughs> So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Also, ding that bell to remain notified whenever new videos are released. And we'd love to hear from all of you. So if you have any particular fighting games you really enjoyed, or even some of your favorite characters from those games, let us know down in the comments below. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and any of the other social medias listed down below. Join the uh, Ready Comics Roll uh, Discord server and chat with the uh, high rollers there. Follow us on Twitch where we're not going to play Dead or Alive or Soul Calibur, but we will play some Fighter Z, possibly even this weekend. And if you'd like to help us grow, we have a Patreon. You can come over there and be a patron today.